gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful, the beautiful, Deanna. What's up, D? What's up with you? What's up? You know, I'm feeling good, feeling marvelous today. And uh, today, this is another, another special episode. Oh, my God, my boy. Ever since I came to Dallas, we've been linked up and we've been... We've been uh, kicking it, hooked Deanna to my sister. <laughs> and y'all might know him. Like we, he was on episode 120, and we said we was going to bring him back later down the line. But since we here, we in Dallas, I'm like, why not Why not do it earlier? So today, he's here. Like I said, he was on episode 120. Y'all may know him. His name is Tay, a.k.a. Tay on Tech. Welcome to the show, bro. What's good? Man, what's up? What's up? Glad to be back <laughs> on here. Hey, see, a lot of things changed. Yeah, Just a like, lot. You, know, you know what I'm saying? You got the McLaren. <laughs> we in the studio. Yep. It's a lot of things that have changed over, yeah. what, three months? Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Three a lot months. of changes for the better. <laughs> yeah, changes for the no, better. Yeah, and it's crazy how fast everything changed as well, too. Like, yeah. it just, like... I guess you don't really, like, just kind of keep track of stuff when you just kind of work in everything just, like... Moving. It just moves, like, very fast. Yeah. And, I mean, hey, I'm starting to see everything, starting to see results even more, oh. so I'm oh. just kind of glad. Oh, I know, I know. Take me and humble. Take me and humble. <laughs> but, you know, it, look, hey, it's, we got time. We're going to get into it. But before um, we get on to this, I want to go into our first sponsor. So this episode is sponsored by my official crypto god. That's at www.com. God, the number two crypto.com. And in this guy, I go over all the things that I've been through, all the things I learned over my four years investing in crypto. I go over uh paying taxes, coins that I think people should be investing in, platforms people should be using, and so much more. And once again, it's at God to the number two crypto.com. It's only $199. So get it today if you're ready and, and, and interested in getting started in crypto. Yes, so sir. back to my boy Tay, man, who've been doing uh amazing amazing things even just since the last time we spoke he had a he had a new a new gig now all that stuff man but first i want to i want to i want to go here because this is something that um like if y'all been in tune with tay y'all know he's doing like big and dope things i know a a, a question that always comes up and it's probably safe to say that mm-hmm. you probably make more money from outside of your job than with your job right now yeah. so like the question i, I want to propose is like so why I know you get this question all the time. <laughs> Why haven't you left? Man, it's just like, for one, I love what I do. So it's like when you love something that you do, you don't necessarily look at it as a job or anything like that. Like, I generally love working in cybersecurity. I genuinely love working in the tech industry. And then, like, the perks and just everything that I get, I'd be dumb to give it up. Like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I get 401k matches. Like, I get stock. I mean, you've seen the stock that I got. Crazy. So, Crazy. So, like, to give that up, then my salary just base-wise, like, it's it's great. So, it's like, why not, you know, kind of keep using that to, like, funnel and channel into my businesses and things like that. Like, I, and again, I don't even you have to use my 9-to-5 money. Like, I don't touch it at all. It goes directly to my businesses and investments. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, you're making enough money. You should be able to pay for your own health care. 
Well, well, my job giving you free health care. I don't have to pay for that exactly. at all. <laughs> and a lot of people say they're not giving you free health care. No, yes, I am. I don't. It don't come on my check. It don't do nothing. It's directly free. Like my health, dental, vision, all of it's free. That's <laughs> crazy. So yeah, uh, you know, I'll be a fool to give that up. No, you, no, you really will be a fool to get that up because it's like. Well, what I love about your story is like a lot of times we in the we in the time zone right now where everybody is just focused on entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Everybody need a business, and in my opinion, I don't think everybody needs a business. I think everybody need to be investing. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody need to be have a. What you looking at me like? That? <laughs> I don't think everybody need to have a. I think most importantly, I think people should focus on um, acquiring high paying, high earning skill sets, mm-hmm. and that's something that you did as a security engineer. You went after a high paying skill sets and still able to maneuver and make money and do things as if you don't have a nine to five yeah. which is fucking crazy <laughs> for real it's, cr- <laughs> it's, it's crazy for real so like i know so let me ask you this mm-hmm. when do when do you think and Deanna, you can answer this because you've been through this as well like when do you think or when will you know is it when it's time <laughs> to leave or will you ever leave you might not want to leave ever leave all right so actually with um the reason why i left my last company they actually almost gave me the reason to go completely entrepreneur. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like I was having to deal with so much stuff. Like, um, you know, like I'm in real estate as well, too. Um, got a couple of rental properties. Um, and then I got my get me in tech. And then I also was trading stocks and stuff like that. So with the company that I was working with, it was like an investment firm, financial services, whatever you want to call it. And so they have to actually manage your stock portfolio. And like you have, you can't buy, you can't sell stocks, you can't do anything unless they say, hey, like get this approved first. And, you know, we're going to let you know if it's okay for you to buy this stock or to sell this stock. <laughs> and so at the time, this is like the height when like the stock market was just going crazy. crazy. And like I'm over here still trading. Like I was still trading. I was like, man, I'm still going to do me. What, what y'all going to do? You can fire me? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the thing. So, um, like I think the third week while I was working there, um compliance and hr called me into the uh into a meeting in my head i'm like i'm not really thinking nothing of it i'm just like oh okay hr i'm this you know i'm new hire they're probably gonna ask me for a survey how was you know everything going on and so that was like hey so um i just kind of came, came across some things on your um website um on your town tech uh website and we saw that you was doing like consultations um you were talking about like in my bio of my uh, website, it was just talking about me, like, you know, helping bridge the gap between uh, millennials and minorities into the tech industry and financial literacy. And as soon as they, like, those, like, the two key words, financial literacy and, like, the bridge between tech and, like, minorities, mm-hmm. things like that, they saw that, they was like, yeah, we can't allow you to do that because at this point you consider what's called a covered employee. And um, I get, like, with the stock port, um, portion of it, I really got it because, I have access to everybody's emails, investment right. bankers. Like if I wanted to pull the CEO email, I could pull his emails. So I, I got that portion of it. But like me kind of talking about the tech stuff and the real estate stuff, like it was, I don't understand why I have to get approved to talk about this type of stuff. And so at one point um, they actually denied the uh, tail on tech business. That was like, no, we don't want you doing it. Like you can't do that at all. And at the time, that's when I was getting ready to like release my course. And I was also still talking about stocks. I was still like talking about all that stuff. But then for a minute, I had to stop talking about everything like in all, because that was mostly like, if we see this again, then, you know, we can probably terminate you, fire you, whatever the case may be. And at that point I was like, all right, is it really worth it? All right. I can just probably make a little money here and there until they catch on to it and actually fire me. Damn. 
And so they called me into the office again because I was still buying AT&T stock. So apparently we had some type of business with AT&T and I wasn't allowed to buy the AT&T stock. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so they, they called me again to another compliance uh, meeting and I was like, hey, um, so we see that you're still buying AT&T stock and we just noticed that you even have AT&T stock. Uh, we're going to have to sell all of that. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, what do you, I like, <clears throat> no, first off, she used the term counsel. She was like, we're going to have to counsel the trade. So I was like, when you say counsel, are you talking about like the profits that I made from this? Like, I'm not going to get the profits. Like, what, like, what do you mean by counsel? Do you mean sale? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, man, for that, I can just go in and go sell it myself. She was like, no, we're going to have to do it. And I'm like, okay, can you guys tell me why? I can't hold this stock that was like, well, um, we have some business with them. So that's all I can tell you. I'm like, so I'm even, I'm not even aware of the business that we have going on. Like I don't have access to it. Well, in a sense, I do have access to it, but I'm not directly involved with it. Right. Why is this kind of like, you know, and why am I being punished for it for, um, for that? Yeah, and crazy. then, you know, AT&T dividends, pretty good. They're right. It's pretty good. <laughs> so when they sold that, it was about $14,000 worth of AT&T stock. And that's a nice little dividend quarterly or whatever. And I was like, okay, so this this isn't going to work. So at that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to start looking for a job. So I was looking for a job for like three months. Like I was like, it was like I was getting some job offers, but it wasn't, it was back in the financial services. And I was like, I'm not going back to investment financial services because I'm going to be back in square one. For that, so financial services company, they're knocked out. Like I even interviewed with Robin Hood and stuff like that, and I pretty much told them like why I was leaving. I was like, it's kind of same thing here. I was like, cool, right? I'm done. My, no, no point in even just talking to them. And so after that had happened, um, at this point, I was like, man, I done went through probably 20 interviews, like no exaggeration, and most of them like because of what I do. And like the act, the level that I mean, the level of access that I have to like all this stuff, it's like they not really, they don't want you yeah, dealing with yeah, it. So right. I'm like, mm, I'm like I'm just gonna go the entrepreneur route. And then um, I came across to the company that I work at now, and I pretty much laid everything out on the table at the first beginning of the call. I didn't even want to waste my time. I'm like, this is why I'm looking for a new job. These are the things I'm involved with. Um, would you guys have a problem with that? And I was like, no, we actually encourage it. I was like. They said they encouraged. Hey, where I'm going. <laughs> so yeah, it worked out. Um, gave me an amazing compensation package. Like it's crazy. So <laughs> so yeah, it, it was great. Like it was definitely an wow. amazing um, experience. They reckon me right now. They're making me work for every penny they gave me. But that's cool. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. What you want? Yeah, I was going to say, like, before I go into my answer, I think the biggest takeaway from that story is that you had the option to mm -hmm. leave and yeah. go be an entrepreneur. So you had this job, you had this nine to five, you're doing what you got to do. Oops. But after all of this stuff, you had that option. You weren't dependent on this one source of income. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people with nine to fives fail at because they're dependent on this one source of income. And now they have control over everything they do. And in your case, your job, they had control over how, what you was doing with your money, your yeah. investments, your business. So I think that's something a lot of people should take heed to. But for me personally, like being in the military, I feel like they have a lot of control in your life. And when I knew it was the time for me to leave the military is when I knew I didn't have that flexibility to, mm -hmm. to live how I wanted to live. Like similar to your job in a sense, is like it's a lot of control. It's a lot of restrictions. You can't do this. You can't do that. I couldn't go see my family when I wanted to. I couldn't you know, post or talk about certain things. And right. when you're in a point where 
you making so much money on the side, it's real hard to mm-hmm. to put up with certain things. Yeah. So for me personally, like once I got to that point where it, I just didn't have the flexibility or the patience anymore to deal with other people trying to control my life, that's when I knew it was time for me to leave my nine to five. Mm, that's I a part. I agree with that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's 100% agree. When no one can really control you or you don't have to rely on something, why am I going to deal with it? <laughs> yeah. Like That's kind of the same thing with the kind of relationships. It's like if I'm single and you're going to be giving me the headaches, I just no, that's that's facts right there. But I want to say, because uh, I, I forgot to say this in the beginning. So for everybody that's tuning into this right now, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a like, leave a comment right now. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do all those things because we greatly, greatly appreciate it. And we trying to get our subscribers way up on our new YouTube channel. Yeah. So make sure y'all do that for us. Like I said, we greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. You know, we almost at 1,000, y'all. So help <laughs> us get up there. We almost there. We just need 200 more subscribers. So exactly. definitely make sure you subscribe. No, no, no. Y'all get it out this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Talk your shit. Talk your shit. And, and Tay, that's funny that uh, the last topic we just talked about, you answered one of the questions that somebody proposed. They said, What do you do when you're nine to five? Is the conflict of interest of the business you're trying to start? And that's you answered it perfectly. Yeah, I think we pretty much all like depending on your situation. Like, like Deanna, I was in the military too. I started my business in twenty like eighteen. I didn't get out to twenty nineteen. But for me, the military is so much different than a regular nine to five. I couldn't tell people like I knew if I told people, it was gonna be like that side. I like so I'm like okay, cool. With military is contracts. Like you got four year contracts, four year contracts, six year contracts. So it's like you don't have no choice. But to come up with a decision when your contract is up, mm-hmm. you can't be like, um, you know, you work a nine to five, you could just go on and on and on, <laughs> say three months from now, I'm going to quit, six months from now, and then just go on and on and on. And the military is like, contract is up, make a decision. What you doing? You leaving or you staying? <laughs> so it's like, I already had it in my mind, like, I'm out anyway. Yep. So it, that, 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 uh, that, that's how I worked on my end. But this is something else I want to talk about, because I remember last time you was on, you talked about, we didn't go too deep on it. You talked about mm-hmm. negotiating. You said how you always oh, yeah. negotiate your contracts when you get a new gig. Mm-hmm. So, like, tactics, things like that that the people may be listening to that may be going through something similar. Like, what's some mm-hmm. of the strategies and tactics you use when, go- when, negotiate, when negotiating with companies? So, <clears throat> first off, always negotiate. And yeah. um, this may be um, controversial. Like, people may think differently, but it's really true. Uh, when it comes to like the um, the gender pay gap, mm-hmm. like statistically speaking, men negotiate their salaries way more than women. Because mm. the thing is, women like you know it's, it's kind of like salary negotiating is really intimidating. Like if you're not really used to it, right? And again, I'm trying to you know choose my word carefully. Women are more timid when it comes to like confrontation right. or stuff like that. And um, that that's kind of like I feel like that's one of the big reasons why there's uh, you know a gender pay mm. gap for that. But um, when it comes to tactics, what a lot of people don't really realize when it comes to market research, when it comes to their job, they just kind of go like first off they're blindly applying to companies. They're not really like you have no strategy. Yeah, it's just like I just want a job. Like whoever hires me, whoever gives me a job, that's what I'm willing to take. Instead of actually going in and go research it and saying, okay, what is this position doing? Like in the market and other companies, what this particular um, position is doing? What are they normally responsible for? Um, how much money they've been paid in this particular city? Or, you know, what's the pay differences with that? 
And I usually tell people, like, if you have, like, you know, outside working in tech, uh, I tell them to go on a Glassdoor or Payscale for the point is. And a lot of that information is outdated, um, just for the simple fact of a lot of those salaries are from years ago. And so as time go on, you know, like pay increases and things like that. So now you have a salary from 2016 that's also average starting there with a salary that was from 2020 or 2021. So where the salary back then might have been like 50000 now it's maybe like 68000 and they kind of average it in, and now it just look like it's a low salary. And when people go on Glassdoor and they see that, that's what they ask for. And most of the time, they come up, okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And it's been a couple of times where I've negotiated salaries and I've asked for something and they came back and gave me more. So in my head, I'm like, I screwed myself. Like, I should have asked for more money. Like, my money. thing is, I always say, like, Especially when you're working in tech, I say shoot for the stars. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> shoot for the stars and land on the moon. Cause the thing with tech, man, they're going to like they got money. They're going to give you the money. Cause mm-hmm. I know with me, like for my base salary, like I asked way more money. I knew the, I knew they wasn't going to give it to me. Like I knew, like I specifically, I was like I'm going to ask for this amount right here, and they're not going to get um, give it to me. But um, they did the way they did it was. I asked for like a super high base salary, but my game plan was to get more stock. So, and, uh, and like, I already knew like I wanted more stock versus the base salary, but if I got the nice base salary as well too, then hey, that's a plus. So mm-hmm. with that, like I pretty much used that tactic to gain more stock um, within that particular um, package deal. And the thing when it comes to negotiating, what people don't realize is really how you communicate it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, if you're going to be negotiating salary, you don't want to kind of come off as an asshole or you don't want to come off seeming like you just arrogant and nothing like that. Right. You really want to, like, show them, like, hey, I really want this job. But after my market research and, like, the what? job offer I got right here, this is what they're offering me. You know, if you guys would be willing to match this or if you guys would be able to give me this, then, you know, I'll be willing to sign here. Like, and then the thing about it is... You want to actually kind of back up, like, cause my thing when I take um, when I'm in interviews, I take notes of what they need, what they say, cause I always ask them. Smart. I was like, yeah, I ask them. I was That's like, smart. hey, what are you um, what are you guys like looking for immediately? Like, what are you looking for this particular person to come in and do like right off the bat? Like, what do you guys want to be done? Like, what are you missing on this team technically and soft skill wise? And once they tell me that, I'm like. Gotcha. Yeah, like I'm writing that down. This is yeah. This is like this is what I'm doing. And this, and then I tie back to my uh, previous experiences and stuff like that. And one of the biggest thing with this company right here, like I had like a huge, I got a big like um, skill set within Splunk and automation, um, automating Splunk um, queries and things like that. And they're actually, that's what they're doing. Like they're installing the entire completely new store, basically just automating um, task alerts and things like that. So they wanted to implement and build that out. And I was like, oh, I have experience with that. And I've done this here, here, and here. And so it was like, okay, um, like when I'm thinking about the salary, I'm thinking long-term wise, like I understand this is what I'm going to be tasked with now, but in the future, we're going to grow as a company and we're going to be doing this thing. So I'm also trying to think about what I'm going to be doing in the future as well too, and not just like right now for the time being. Because when it comes to security, because like their security program is like fairly new, like I'm pretty much building it out. Like Like I'm pretty much like start from scratch and pretty much implement everything. And with me, doing that that's a lot of work yeah, so yeah. you know if i'm going to be doing that i need to become state well for it <laughs> and so you know it's it's really and that's the thing when people go into interviews they don't ask them questions they don't probe them questions because the thing is like you're actually interviewing them too like it's not just like a one-way street you actually want to see what's going on like you want to see why the person here had left right. you want to see like what was their skill set like like what's the reason for them leaving like did he get fired 
Um, did he leave to a different company? Like, what was the reason for you guys to have this position open? And people don't tend to ask questions like that. Hell they no. just, they just they like, just oh, yeah, no, you have any questions? Uh, what's a typical day in life as, you know, what you guys do here? What's the day-to-day? Because <laughs> people don't know. People don't know, like, because yeah. well, you just gave a whole bunch of games. And I don't <laughs> think people know, especially when you're young and you got a job. You don't know, like, because they probably don't have that many experience with dealing too many jobs. And they probably don't have the confidence to be like, they probably, they probably thinking in their head, like, they're just going to say effing and hire somebody else. So yeah. I don't want to be too, come off as too needy mm-hmm. when I'm getting the job. All right, man. You want to ask as many questions as you can because the thing is, you got to think about it. Like, this is an investment in yourself and the company. It's it an investment is. time on your part, on their part, too, and the money you're going to be receiving from that. They want to make sure you get a nice ROI on their investment. You're their investment. I mean, if you look at it, too, they're your investment, too, if you use it the right way because me personally, I use all the resources, all the training that I can get to hone my skills and be better technically Facts. for the next company. <laughs> so, and people don't really look at it like that. They just look at it, oh, it's your job that's paying me. No, you need to go in there, learn what you need. And me personally, uh, I don't really stay at a job more than a year and a half, two years. Because my thing at that point, I've already, like, I'm stacking it at that point. Like, tech, it moves so fast. And it, if I'm staying in this same position, the same spot, at this point, I'm just doing repetitive tasks. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just doing the same thing. I'm just getting more familiar within our network and things like that. So, in the tech industry, it's really not frowned upon to actually not be, job it's not, Yeah. Yeah, job I remember my first job going into uh, my first full-time job. My uh, manager, she told me, she was like, if none of my analysts or none of my engineers haven't left the company within 18 months, to tw- 18 to 24 months, I'm not doing my job correctly. Because they're supposed to be and, gone. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Like, when <laughs> she said that, I was like, oh, I don't feel bad anymore for leaving. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. But I want to talk about this real quick because you, mm-hmm. you talked about it. And I think this is a very important topic. When you mm-hmm. talk about stocks that your company may offer you to, mm-hmm. to, to pay. So the reason this is important because I remember, I don't remember where I heard this. Or maybe I had this conversation with somebody. I think I had a conversation with somebody, and they were saying they had a, they worked at Walmart, and they were offered um, stocks. Uh, Henry. Yeah, yeah, that's Henry. yeah. 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 Shout, out, <laughs> shout out to my bro uh, Henry Washington. We got to bring. We had a, we was at dinner. Me, Tay, Henry, about uh, Eugene, and uh, another guy. I can't remember his name, but he said he worked at Walmart and he was offered stocks, mm-hmm. and he took them. I think he said he sold them, yeah, right? Yeah, he was selling them, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow. He was saying how much it would be worth today if he still had them today. And I'm like, wow, I can't I can't imagine how many other young people out here that may not even be taking them. They just mm-hmm. want that money. Like, why the hell would I just take this stock? Ain't nothing I could do with that right now. So talk about, like, why did you take the stock instead mm-hmm. of just taking all cash? And how mm-hmm. did you even value that this stock could be worth something in the okay. future? Yeah, so with me... Because, um, remember, we talked about this, mm-hmm. uh, like, a few months back when I was actually looking for a job. I was basically saying, like, wherever company I go, I got to get stock. Like, yep. no matter where I go, it got to be some type of tech company, some type of startup that's going to give me stock. Because the thing is, especially, like, right now, the stock market is kind of, like, down. Yep. So, at the price I'm going to get the stock and things like that, it's down. And so, me, like, I really did my research on this company, the industry that they're in. And even, like, with COVID, like, COVID going on. They still an $8.5 billion company, and their stock's great. Like, I think their stock, um, I got it at, like, $50, and I think the day that they IPO'd, it went to, like, $90. And so I was like, like, <laughs> I, I, I pretty much double, I doubled my stocks just off, you know, saying, hey, I want stocks for this. And so my thing is, and don't get me wrong, like, 
when it comes to stocks for a certain company, I wouldn't just take stock in any company because exactly. some companies just like real like shit companies. So, so, yeah, I, uh-huh. I wouldn't do it. But I had really did my research. I really seen like the the um, future for the industry and all of that. So I was like, yeah, this this <laughs> this this is gonna this is gonna be it. This is gonna be the one. Like, cause I always said like I was like I'm gonna use my stock. That's gonna be the stock that buy my dream home. Like not cash or anything like that. But it's you know I can be able to have that and say, hey, this is kind of what bought my house or this is what bought well, whatever I want. And that was always kind of my goal with that. And with me, I don't really plan on selling like my stock right now. I don't really plan on selling. Like honestly, like all of my stock, my four hundred one k portfolios. Yeah, I don't okay. really plan on selling. Like my cash flow from like other investment things like that. That's that's what I use for my everyday day living. Like I really genuinely like I've already said like my four hundred one k is gonna be for my kids. Like I have no I yeah I have no plans of using a four hundred one k for retirement. That's gonna be something to get passed down to my kids. Even my stock portfolio, to be honest, um, I like now I've gotten to the point where I don't really go to the banks to um, actually um, get loans from the bank when I'm doing certain investment deals and stuff like that. I just borrow money from my four, I mean, from my, either my 401k or my stock portfolio. Pause, so. pause, pause, <laughs> pause, 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 pause. Don't go too fast now. We got to talk about that. And you're right on point because that's that's that was literally the next topic I wanted to go to, talking about using your 401k yeah. at your 9 to 5. Yeah. So what you just said, talk about how you how are you doing it. All right. So... So this kind of goes back to me saying why I would never leave my 401k. I mean, I said why I would never leave my 9 to 5. <laughs> so with my job, I get the 6% match up to 60% of my salary. So let's just say I make $100,000 per year and I give, put in $6,000 per year. My company is going to give me a free $6,000. Okay. So off top, I got 100% return on my money. So that's $12,000. So, like, what people don't realize, like, people always say 401 scams, 401ks, mm-hmm. like, you really can't do anything with them until you're 59, 60 years old. And I'm like, that's what they want you to think. Like, if you actually kind of look into it and actually do a little bit of research, you can actually borrow money from your 401k and pay yourself back interest. So, I actually did this to buy my first real estate property. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> real estate. So, I wish I had a so, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's so get I, into I, it. <laughs> so, I, have my, uh, I used my 401k. I borrowed the money against my 401k to purchase it. And I was just paying myself back interest. And the thing about it is, it pretty much, it deducts from your payroll. So, it deducts from your check. So, it's not even you coming out of pocket to pay it. it mm. It's paid automatically through your, um, your checks and things like that. But... When you do leave the company, you have to pay it back in full. Okay. So, yeah, so okay. that is the drawback of it. But, if you know, at a company, something like that. And luckily, you know, at the company that I was at at the time, um, I was laid off. I had the money to pay it back. Right. And But the thing is, I paid back myself interest. So I just paid myself back more money. So it wasn't like, it wasn't really, you know, too bad or anything like that. But yeah, like you basically playing bank with yourself when you're, um, when you have your 401k. Like, uh, I wouldn't just say use it for it everything because some investments are a little bit more riskier than right. other ones but if you believe in it and you feel like it, it's going to be something then i would definitely um use it because i man i use this out of my 401k to invest <laughs> like i don't even use my money i mm. use straight stock portfolio money and 401k money to fund most of my investments that's <laughs> no but the real talk that's a gym be, be, i think simply because a lot of people i don't think they're aware of that every time people have the conversation of 401k they always talk about it from like, oh man, I gotta wait till I'm 65 to pull this money out, like man, and that's why they think like <laughs> it's a scam. But from the way you doing it and you using it, that's brilliant. Yeah, you know I'm saying using your 401k <laughs> at 20, 24 years old to buy a house, an investment property, 
Like, come on now. The investment property. I was 23. Property, I was 23. He, I was 23 <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about He's 23. Oh, that's my fault. That's my fault. But doing it at 23 and using it to, to um, make you money, that's probably going to make you more money. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, like, the cash flow that you have with it, you can just add extra money to your 401k to kind of quickly pay off the loan. So, Damn. yeah. <laughs> so you're building, you building off the wealth. You're paying yourself back interest. It's really three investments in one. It is. It is. When you, <laughs> when you three think investments about it. in one. So it's really hard to beat that. And the interest rates be like 3%. Like, See, like 3%, I think. And this is why, in my opinion, I think it's so beneficial for a lot of people to stay with their job until they have things figured out. Because I know there are still benefits that I didn't use, that I should have used, and I didn't realize until after I left. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think I talked about this before, mm -hmm. I tried to get a loan for a property after I left my job. In the bank, they want to see two years worth of uh, business income. Mm -hmm. And I was only in business. I don't even think it was a year at that point. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I couldn't show them. And I didn't have the job to show them the income. So they're looking at me like, you ain't making no money. <laughs> but I was making money. I just didn't, yeah, like, it, was, yeah. it didn't hit that two-year threshold. So I couldn't show it. So they couldn't even give me the money. Yeah. So it's like, if I knew that before I left, I would have strategized it better to just use all my benefits while I got this job so I can set myself up so when I get out. Yeah, nah, that's kind of what happened with my McLaren, too. So Yeah, so, because um, normally when I buy cars, um, I had just bought a Tesla using the same bank. And um, normally whenever I buy cars, no, that's for nothing. They just check the credit, put in, they don't really verify your money, mm -hmm. and it just goes straight through. And so this time when I did it, so actually I went to Chase first. Chase denied me. And they asked me why. They was like, hey, like, um, like if you're willing to put 100000 down, then we'll give you a loan. I was like, what? I'm not putting no $100,000 on no car. Yeah, Let me go. To, so I went to Navy Fed. I don't, I don't know why I didn't go to Navy Fed in the first place anyways. So um, I went to Navy Federal. Um, I asked, you know, asked for the loan. And um, I think I had asked for like 125000 $130,000. Because I, I knew I was going to put money down. Like cars like that, you, you're going to put money, money down. down yep. And so that was like, uh we can give you 98,000 but before that we need your tax we need your taxes from last year we need your um, profit and loss statement we need your bank account statements um we need what else profit loss it was some, it was something else that I asked for and I was like man like I ain't they never asked me for this and also yeah um, my pay stubs from my job so like, all right cool so I sent them my pay stuff. I mean, I sent them my bank account, my business bank accounts, because um, I knew that's where most of my money was going at. And so with that, um, I have like a lot of wires and stuff going through there. So I had used that. That was like, yeah, we can't use that because some of this don't kind of match up with from your um, Stripe accounts and things like that. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like that was like it was a big threshold from a threshold increase from your um, income from your business from last year to this year, and it's only like five months within a year. Because like I think. Last year, like so far, I've like tripled my my business income since last year, and so that was like that was just, like it. too quick. Like it was like a real quick. Like it's yeah. inconsistent, I guess, when from a bank standard. It don't seem like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consistent, I guess. Like you know, like I guess that's what, yeah, yeah that's I guess word, consistent. Yeah. Like from like last year and stuff like that. Like how long are you gonna like be able to like withstand right. that? Yeah, consistently bring in this much money a month. So I was like, okay, here's my pay stubs, here's my offer letter, here's all this information. And they came back, that was like, great, you're approved. And um, I was talking to a lady and she, I, she was telling me, she was like, 
your nine to five income, your, you know, the income from jobs is what really helps you get this. Cause we seen like a long track record yep. of you making this amount of money over the last couple of years. And I was like, Oh, it's good. So that really like, man, they probably asked for more documentation in buying the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so it, it was like the nine to five really helped me with that. Uh, and when I tell people that there's the, Oh yeah, you know, your, your business is not going to be sustainable or anything like that. I'm like, well, if you know, banks, you know, like if they see like a high growth in a business or something like that, then it's automatically going to be like, how consistent can that be? Like, we don't know how, you know, like how long you can keep that on or how long this is actually going to be bringing in this much money. So that's, right. that's why I had looked at it. I wasn't really tripping on it. No, that I, I love that, man. And something like you're talking about the McLaren and this is something I want to talk about because a lot of times when people look at um, luxury things, they look at it strictly from a... Uh, um, uh, uh, liability standpoint. It's like, man, it yeah. costs too much money, spends too much money. Why would I get all those liabilities? But the older I get, the more I'm realizing that these things become truly an asset, not just for money, for network. Yeah. It's been times, literally, me and Tay was out, he got <laughs> wearing a Rolex, he got on a Rolex. We met a guy that builds skyscrapers. Just because he got on a Rolex, he noticed Tay's <laughs> Rolex. He said, hey man, that's a nice watch. Next thing you know, start, it's a conversation starter. We having a whole conversation. What you do? What y'all do? Let's exchange contact. So people, I feel like people got to obviously do these things if you can afford them. Not, I'm not, if you yeah. can't afford it, don't go out buying no Rolex. Don't go out <laughs> get no McLarens because you ain't, you ain't there. Act your yeah. wage, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you can do these things, I feel like stop looking at everything from just an expense standpoint. Like certain things is going to put you on a certain caliber of attention level, yeah. especially if you're trying to build a brand. And when it comes to building brands, attention is everything. So be open yourself up yeah. to spend a little money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Do it like I said. Do it right. Don't get out here. Do it recklessly. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've been seeing it. I've been living in Dallas for seven months. I can't tell <laughs> you how many experiences <laughs> I didn't had just from people seeing certain things and we have a conversation. So I just want to say that you, yeah, you know firsthand. Nah, yeah, man. This <laughs> that's been crazy. Um, and thing about the McLaren is actually a write off too because I got my business and stuff on there, so it's a write off. <laughs> you going too fast again? So break that down. Like you got a supercar McLaren. Like how is that? A writer, how did you how how was you making that a write off? So I'm actually leasing like so I got it under my name, but I leased it out to my company uh, for the most part. So I got the all the paperwork and stuff like that, and I paid through my business account. So I paid like the insurance, the all the um the car note and all everything with that. I paid through my business account, and I had me with my um with my account and things like that. And she's like, oh yeah, that'd be a bit um be a bit write off. Some fact, I have my Instagram, so it's advertisements well on there too. So it's like an advertisement, and I'm also doing it for you know business expenses. That's exactly. pretty much what it is. And so with that, um, I've actually, like, since I've gotten that car, I've just saw business alone, just having a car. Like, I've made enough money to, like, pay the car off, like, for real. I already know. <laughs> like, I already, it's I know. like, yeah, yeah, you be with me, like, it, it's crazy. Like, because uh, I had, when, as soon as I got that car, I was like, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go to a car meet. And so I had went to this car meet, and um, it's this guy, he had an IT company, and um, he was asking me, he was like, oh, tell on tech. He was like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm assuming you work in the tech industry. I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of showed him like what I do. I started my Twitter. Um, at this time, this was my TikTok store blowing up. And I started my Instagram. He was like, oh, his name was like, I social media presence suck. Like, you know, you think you helped me out with that. So we actually started, I started helping out with that. And me not personally, I'm not even like a social media type of, like, well, I am a social media type of person. But digital marketing, things like that, I don't actually offer as a service. But because like he's seen that, he's seen the car and he's seen like what my social media look like and what I do on my social media. He was like, oh, I want to work with you to do this, do that. 
And so I've been working with him for like three months now doing mm -hmm. that. And that's an income stream of income that I probably even talk yeah, about because it just like it happened because I went to a car meet. Like I've met so many people just like off that car. Like, yeah. I, like I know when I first got it, like now, and this is the thing what people don't really realize. Like the reason why I put my social media on there, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure y'all probably do realize and stuff like that. So my thing is, you see somebody in the type of car like that, what he, who is this person? Is I want to know what they do. Mm -hmm. So they go to my website, nine times out of ten, they always post my car on Instagram, Twitter, and they tag me. And so when they tag me, their followers see it, their followers come to me. And so it's like a trickling effect of the amount of people that come see my actual products, actually see the services, and actually see like the things that I talk about. And at the end of the day, can probably potentially bring even more brand deals because my audience is starting to broaden out a little bit more. And so that's kind of right, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't do that. I'm like, well, I'm pretty much only buying the car to make more money. Exactly. Like, it's in this, well, I mean, it's not really expensive. At this point, it's an asset at this point. It's making and, money. And uh, it's making me money. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy. <laughs> but, but that's brilliant, like, putting your um, putting your at on your car. Because that, that leads me to another topic. That's promotion. Every time you drive, that's, that's promotion. Every time you go out, people see in the car. And a lot of times what people do, when I talk to me and Deanna, we had this conversation, is... Like, a lot of people, they don't promote their things enough. Like, they try to be, like, a little bit too humble. Like, I don't want to – am I promoting too much? They'll mm. come out with a course, a book, or a product, or any kind of service, put it on Instagram or Twitter one time, and they don't do it. They're not getting no sales, and they're wondering, like, why I'm not getting no sales? Why I'm not getting no results? Because you're not promoting enough. Like, if you yeah. watch television, <laughs> anybody that watch television, you see the same commercials every day for about yeah. a month straight. You're like, damn, I'm tired of this commercial. <laughs> it gets to a point you know about heart. The song come on, you get to sing it's the song. Because you see, it's in great. You see it every day. And they, because they know they need to promote every day. So if they know that, and these are major corporations, why do you think yeah. your small business can post one time, tweet one time, and you're going to get some results? Like, they promote exactly. every day. Your ass is supposed to be promoting every day. I 100% mm -hmm. agree with that. And that's exactly how I was. Because I felt like I didn't want to be that that course-selling guru guy and nothing like that. But then I realized, I actually promote on my page without realizing I promote. Like, my lifestyle, the things yeah. I talk about. Like, it's not me directly promoting it. But, you know, when I talk about something, I'll probably link it up on there. Oh, hey, go check this go out, check something like out. that. Because at the end of the day... The things that I talk about, it's really my lifestyle. It's not like me going to go rent this car or go rent this condo and sell this lifestyle. It's like, hey, you guys want to live like this, then do this. Like, it's, <laughs> that's really how I live. Right, right. And people, you know, and, you know, for the longest, like, people didn't really kind of get that with me. Like, you know, people that know me, they know, like, what I talk about on social media is, like, really, what I really do in real life. And now, but it's got to the point on social media where people don't even try to, like, come towards me with, oh, you capping and like that. Like, no one's no one's gonna come to me like that because at the end of the day they know I have I have too much um, respect I guess <laughs> on, on Twitter no. <laughs> and Twitter's a tough crowd. Twitter's, Twitter's a, a tough crowd. I just this earlier. It's a, yeah. it's, in my opinion, it's the toughest. It's the toughest. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the toughest. No, no, the platform no. to build an audience on because it's not. People, they'll call you out. If, you, if it's wrong information, they'll say, hey, this is wrong. They'll go in the comments and flood you and say, <laughs> and, and then Instagram, usually, if you post something, nobody ain't really going to no. tell you, like, you're wrong publicly. They're going to put fire emojis. Yeah. All that. They ain't going to call you out and correct you if you're doing some bullshit. Twitter, you say but some Twitter, Twitter, you say some, 
It ain't gonna, it ain't, it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna ride out like that. But and I ain't got called out yet, so yeah. <laughs> so everything I'm saying is true. <laughs> but, but every, but um, this conversation, I love this conversation so much because, like I said, we're in the era right now where everything is. People don't talk about building wealth from your from your job. Like they don't talk about how it's possible for you to get rich and become wealthy just from your job. Like it's not obviously. It's not gonna happen overnight, but people gotta stop expecting and wanting things to happen overnight. Yeah, man. And it's like, even in your field, you're in tech. I think, even if you're not in it, because I feel this way, I feel like if I stay in the military, I think I still. We I had this conversation before. I feel like I still would have became rich just because I kept my expenses so low, and I was investing so much. You know, so I was investing and saving, and I was, and I kept my expenses low. So I know, over time, before I left, I had money. So I knew if I stayed and did twenty years. It would have been crazy. Yeah. So I know, like, you don't have to get a, a super high-paying job or become, like, some big business person to become wealthy. Obviously, it's going to take time. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen in a two-year span if you just stay at your 9 to 5. You're not making a lot. Yeah, but seen, it can happen. Yeah, I seen a crazy stat. Um, I, I never fact-checked it, so I don't know if it's true or not. But it was saying, like, 30%, 33% of millionaires never made over six figures. I believe it. Yeah. I can believe that. <laughs> because I, was, yeah. I believe that. Because most people... From the stats that I read, most people don't become millionaires until they're like most millionaires don't become millionaires until they're like 51 or something like that, like in their 50s. And if you had a job, let's say you started at 22, 23, and you've been saving and investing, yeah, that sounds about 30 yeah. years of investing yeah. and saving sounds about, right sounds about right to yeah. hang your first million. So I could definitely see, yeah, I, could, I, mean, I could see so that. I saw that, I was like crazy, I lied. So I need to be about 50 million by this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got two questions for you. Uh-huh. So the first one I want you to get into is the topic of lifestyle creep. So if you don't know what lifestyle creep is, it's pretty much the act of raising your expenses as you raise your income. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of young people, like we fall victim to it. You know, right. you get that little pay raise. Now you got to go buy the new car. Mm-hmm. Now you got to get the brand new apartment. You got to get the designer stuff. And it just keeps coming at you and it never stops. And at a point, it's like you never even got a pay raise mm-hmm. because you increase your expenses. And it's like, where's you don't get that, you never see the extra money. So for you, did you ever experience lifestyle creep? And if not, <laughs> how did you combat it? Like, you know, avoid falling victim to That's it? a great question. Man, I was a huge victim of lifestyle creep. <laughs> That's real, though. So, yeah, no. That's so, real. this, like, because me, like, I came out of college making six figures. So, I, you know, I came from paying $700 for rent and $300 for a car note. And so it's like now my expenses are $1,000 per month. I'm making what, eight, what's, what's 10, what's a hundred, like not $8,000 a year, I think, something mm-hmm. like that, something close to that. To making $8,000 a year if I only have $1,000 expenses, man, <laughs> <laughs> I went crazy. Like, like I, like I had still had a semester left before um, I was finna graduate, before I got my job. I had already resigned my lease for like having my roommates and stuff at like this townhouse. It was like student living. So I had already signed my lease there um, for August and I got that job. I kid you not, bro. I didn't get my first paycheck and I broke my lease and got a department downtown Dallas. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I didn't get you turned I, up quick. Man, I turned up quick. Like, I kid you not. Like, I hadn't even got my first paycheck and I was like, I'm gone. So I had to pay, I had to pay somebody to get my lease. I paid first month rent for them. I mean, in college, too, I saved money as well, too. So it wasn't just like, oh, you know. So I, I was always good at saving money. So I did that. And my Challenger, I had $4,000 left on my Challenger. $4,000. I had 
Trade it ain't got a BMW. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Trade it ain't got a BMW. My car note now is $650 a month. And my insurance, because I have speeding tickets, it was like $250. So, and then I started going out way more than I used to go. I'm just buying stuff. I'm buying red bottoms. I'm buying, man, I spent $800 on a belt. I was looking at this. I was like, I would never, like, bro, to this day, I was like, I never was in my life, enough. bro. I was wild. I, I, I remember it was an $800 Louis Vuitton belt. And I was like, dude. Like, now looking back, I'm like, that's, like, the dumbest. Mm-hmm. That's That was so dumb. Yeah. yeah, I was just, like, man, I was going, like, to, every time I got paid, I was in, like, the Christian Louboutin store going to go buy shoes. Like, I was, bro, I was, because I, I ain't have no expenses. Like, I this is the first time I experienced this type of money. Right. And so, I, like, it was, I was really living, like, paycheck to paycheck, but it didn't really seem like it because I had so much money coming in. It's like, you know cool like i don't really realize i'm still saving money but i'm not saving nowhere near as much as i could and so one day i was just sitting back i was looking at my bank account and i think it was like maybe three thousand dollars in there and i was like dude like what the fuck, I'm what doing? The fuck are you doing like right. you know what i mean like you can pay six figures a year and it's like six months into it i mean i have money in my savings account but it's like you got three thousand dollars in your checking yeah, account yeah. what are you doing with your money and so I just go back, I download all of my statements. I create like I think I spent like five hours just kind of sifting through like my la- my spend my spending through like the last six months. And I was like, all of my money is going out to me buying shoes, buying designer for whatever reason. I don't even I don't even go like at this point, I don't even go out that much. Like I don't even really care. So it's like, why would I really buy this stuff? I don't even care for this stuff. So I'm buying this stuff. I'm just like cut all expenses out so like i went like mia for like three to six months and like my bank account started looking way better i started investing way like it just became so much better like i got like a comfort level where i'm like okay now i can start back going back out i can start back having fun with my friends start doing things like that i just had to step away and do a relationship check like tell you you're way smart in this when it comes to your money like what are you like this not even you like what are you doing and at that point, and it's also like with your friends too, like your circle and stuff like that. Like, cause they say like, you're, you're the average of your friends. And you know, if my friends are going out, they're spending money and they're doing this, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Same I'm, not, thing yeah. I'm not really going to be doing anything to try to make any more money. And that's the thing I always felt like, you know, like, oh, okay. Like, you know, they're doing it. So it, it ain't going to hurt if I do it. But now I got to realize now I'm becoming the average of everybody else. Like yep. I'm not, I'm not here to be average. I'm not really here to do these particular things, like, I have a better outlook on my life. And not saying that they don't either, but it's just saying, like, I know, like, what I'm, what I'm really capable of if I put my mind to it and actually kind of focus and sit there and do that. And so now, like, I just really, like, I'm not physically responsible. I'm not going to say cheap. I've started becoming physically responsible <laughs> over the couple of years. And, like, this year is really the first year where I'm really just kind of starting to enjoy my money. But it's, like... At this point, I've really kind of built everything. Like, all of my investment paid for, like, my fun. Like, my investments paid for my cars. Like, my investment pays for, like, my watches. My investment, like, I don't touch my 9 to 5 money at all. Like, my investment paid for all my liabilities or whatever, access liabilities and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you do it. And so, yeah, man, it's just, like, now, like, even, like, no, like, we go out and stuff like that. Like, people just be looking at us. I'm like, bro, we have, like, a hoodie and some sweats on. I'm yep. just like... What? Like I'm not here to impress none of y'all. Like that's y'all. Yep. Like I'm just here. I'm coming to get my wings. <laughs> no, that's facts. We when we be going out, we be like, um, we be nine times out of ten, we be the most basic dressed people where we at for real. 
But yeah, so this episode is sponsored by the Keys to Podcasting Course. If you guys don't know, we are releasing the course on August 1st, but it is on pre-sale right now for $249.99. So with this course, we're going to pretty much give you guys a game on how to get started in podcasting, the fundamentals, how to find your niche, building, building a loyal audience base, effective marketing strategies, how to make money in podcasting, right. how to interview people, and all that good stuff. So make sure you go to www.thekeystopodcasting.com. Go ahead and pre-order it and get ready for the release on August 1st. Exactly. And we going, like I said, like she said, we going over everything. Like I literally got two DMs today with uh, two guys DM me. They're like, hey man, how did you build your podcast that fast? And I'm like, of course coming out August 1st. If y'all really want to know. <laughs> Go there get the go. course. But going, uh, I want to go back and talk, to, uh, talk about this, talk about um, depression and mental health, because I know mm -hmm. this is something that you've been talking about recently. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I think is a very uh, crucial topic for anybody in the world, whether you're in mm -hmm. business or not in business. This affects everybody. So, like, how are you able to, because you became, what, a millionaire at 24. You're yeah. making your first. 24. 20, yeah, 24. Yeah. And making a million net this year. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you able to do all those things while battling all the the battling those 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 battles okay <clears throat> for me uh i still actually deal with it i just like now i can deal with it like completely better because i pretty much went through like the worst of the worst of feeling when it comes to depression um i've been dealing with it probably since i was like 18 well probably longer but i just didn't really realize it until like around like 18 19 <clears throat> 18 19 and that's when, like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, you have depression. I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. But I ain't never really looking, you know, like in the um, black community and stuff like that, it's real taboo. It's taboo. They kind of talk, talk about, about it. stuff like that. But um, just like even, like, even now, like I said, I still deal with it, but it's like I, like, I journal a lot. Like, I really, like, me journaling was really, like, a, a really big thing for me because, like, I, I really never had, like, anyone to kind of vent to. Or I'm not going to say I never had anyone to vent to, but... As a dude, as right. a man, exactly. it's like you don't, you, you don't want to vent towards certain people and things like that. Because I know, like, um, at the time I was in a relationship, and like she used to always be on me, like, why you like talk to me? And I'm like, I can't talk to you. Like, you, you my girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you like, I, be, I right. may feel like you're gonna look at me a little differently and stuff like, like that. And so at the time, um, my uncle was in prison, or whatever. Like, um, he was really like the only person like I just talked to uh, for the most part. Like. I had finally started saying, you know what, I'm going to open up, talk about my depression. Actually, you know, this is before I even, like, decided going to um, therapy and things like that. So he was pretty much, I guess, kind of like my therapist because, I mean, as a dude, like, you know, he kind of went through some of the similar things. Um, like, he's in prison right now. So, you know, there's a little depression there because, you know, you're isolated from your family and stuff like that. And so, like, me and him used to talk every day. And then this around time, like, I'm starting to kind of make a little bit of money and things like that. So I'm like, you know put money on your books, I'm going to do this, I have, you know, I'm like, you my, you know, you my person at this point and stuff like that, because me and I never really had built a relationship because he was always in our jail and things like that, so when I finally opened up to him, I think like three weeks later, like I was, this one I was um, working as a contractor for Southwest Airlines, and I used to work overnight so during the weekends for, uh, while I was in school, and so my mom called me like, while I was leaving work, she was like, uh, what you, like, cool, what you doing? 
I'm on my way to work. You know, I'm on my way home, whatever. She's like, all right, uh, call me you get home. I'm like, me, I'm not thinking of that. I'm like, all right, cool. So I get home, my girlfriend there. I'm like, what the fuck going on? Like, why? Well, I'm thinking I'm going to get surprised or something like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I go upstairs and stuff like that. She's like, you talk to your mama? I was like, no. I mean, I was like, I talked to her earlier. Like, well, what's up? She's like, call your mama. I was like, okay, I'm going to call my mama. I was like, yeah, what's up? They told me to call you. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. she told me to call you. Like, what's up? Uh, She's like, yeah, your uncle got killed last night. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, no. I was like, you sure? I was like, I just talked to him. Like, I talked to him last night, like, legit. And then when I was talking to him, the way he was talking, it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm real proud of you. Like, you know, you've been doing everything. It's like almost like he knew something was going to go down. Like, I'm not really sure. But it was just like, the way, you know how like when somebody talked to the last point, it's like, they kind of, yeah, yeah, it's like a real like heart-to-heart conversation. And, you know, me, I'm like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, you, whatever. And so at that point, it's like, dang, like when I finally started trying to open up somebody, it get taken away from me. And so at that point, like I had had like this real super, super depressed like moment. Like I even like got to, I went as far as like, I, I almost, well, I tried to commit suicide, overdose wow. and stuff like that. And so it was just like, I just would, and then think about it at the time too, this one I was also um, running track and I had an injury and um, like colleges, they kind of like poor scholarships. Like we don't know how you're going to perform like with that type of injury. So it's like, how I'm going to pay for school, how I'm going to do this. Like, it just really, like, everything was just, like, damn, like, everything hit me at one time. Like, you know, like, you know, emotional-wise, like, financially-wise, like, everything just really hit me. And I'm just like, why is this always happening to me? Like, uh, so, no, I kind of did that. Um, So, whatever. Um, I had dealt with that uh, for a little bit. And, like, I just have, like, these random, like, dark moments. It's like when you just kind of run yourself all the time and you just have, like, these random thoughts and stuff like that. And it was just, like man like i gotta find a way to like get out this slump and stuff like that so i started decided to go to therapy mm. and i started going to therapy and it helped me so much like it was like you know how sometimes like you say something don't bother you and it really bothers, it really bothers you. you and it, and i realized like oh it's like it really bothers me and i know one thing the biggest thing that um that really kind of hurt me while i was like kind of in the hospital and stuff like that over the overdose was um at the time um, my mom was in mississippi um and my dad was out here and so my mom had called my dad and was like, hey, like, Tay in the hospital, uh, this happened. And he was like, oh, I'm busy right now. Um, when I get it free or whatever, and then I go see him. And I was like, when she told me that, I was like, what? Like, all right, cool, bet. So after that had happened, like, I just completely stopped talking to him. I don't do nothing. Like, we don't, I don't, like, he really can't hit me up about nothing. And so the thing about it, even after that happened, he never called me, checked on me or nothing like that. And so at that time, I was like, I really, you know, at this point, I really don't care. And so I was like, it, but in, in reality, it really did. Like, you know, as a man, you're not really going to admit that. But as my therapy session and stuff like that, I realized there really was something that really bothered me. And as I went on, like, even today, like, I don't have a problem with him. But it's just like, at this point in my life, you ain't but, say yeah, I don't know. got nothing to say to you yeah. for the most part. And so that that was like one of the things that I kind of battled for like a long time to at the point just like, it ain't even worth my point or worth my time. Even just kind of focus on it. I'm just gonna like focus on me, do me, and like a lot of my success or at the beginning, um, my success was more so just like, you know, like I'm approved. Like Pretty I ain't need you in my life to get to where I need to be at, and yeah. So that's kind of like what fueled my success for like the longest. And then it got to a point where it was like I was running out of fuel because like I'm I'm already there. Like so it's like I need something else to fuel me. 
So at that point, it was just like helping other people and giving and stuff like that. So that's kind of like what fuels me now is because it's like a lot of stuff that I do in the back scene that I don't put on social media. I don't do anything like that. And I really just don't care to do it because it's like if I'm doing it to put it on social media, like how much do I really, you know, mm-hmm. how much do I really meanly or honestly want to do it? And so, like, me kind of giving back and stuff like that, it really kind of, like, makes me feel... I mean, that sounds kind of bad, but it's not. Like, it, like me giving back and stuff like that, it makes me feel better. It makes better. you feel better. Yeah, so... Man. Wow. No, that's... Seriously, that's <laughs> truly inspirational, man, for real. To go through all that and still, like, come out, su- like, successful. Because that's... You got a lot of people in the world that are struggling with those things. So I know that's going to be mm-hmm. inspiration for them because they can... Because you, you will talk to people and they say, man, I can't do this because I'm, I'm battling depression right yeah. now. I can't move out. I can't get a job or I'm not inspired. So I think you kind of gave a lot of people a blueprint on how to deal with those things. Because like I said, you deal with all those things and still became a millionaire at 24 years old. No silver spoons, no nothing. Nothing. Not saying <laughs> money is the end all or be all, but just saying like if you can, if all that you went through and you can still come out. On, on on top somewhat, especially being able to take care of yourself like you do, that's that's impressive, and that's like that's a yeah, yeah that's that's admirable yeah. for real. <laughs> that's a lot to deal with, and a lot of people struggle with that stuff. And even mentioning like therapy, like therapy is a um like you said, it's kind of taboo sp- specifically mm-hmm. in the black community. So like we definitely advise people to go do it. Like shout out to my boy B. Yeah, and this ain't this ain't no ad. <laughs> he ain't pay me to say this. This ain't no ad or no sponsor, but he has the um the military therapy app, and it's mm-hmm. free therapy group sessions. For anybody that download the app to make an appointment with, so I'll definitely tell y'all to check it out. It's available on uh, I know it's on iOS. Yeah, I don't know if it's on. It's not on Android yet, but definitely it's called uh, Military Therapy, like free therapy sessions. And you can journal in there too. Yeah, you can journal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, journal journal in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, that's man. You pretty. You pretty much. uh, That's a that's a great way to uh, wrap it up for real, man. Like we touched on the. this was a dope ass episode. We touched on a lot of um, we touched on a lot of uh, good topics for real. But before we let you go, bro, I just want to say you already know how much DNI appreciate you, man. We you know we locked in. We we together all the time, pretty much. But before we let you go, do you mind unplugging all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, uh, buy your course, everything. Yeah. All right. So all of my social media is Tay on Tech, um, T A Y O N T C H. You can pretty much um, TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Twitter. Um, mostly, I mostly post all the free game on Twitter uh, for the most part. On TikTok now, I'm kind of starting to do like the little information, the videos, stuff like that, little mm-hmm. funny videos, whatever you want to call it. And now I'm starting to do it on Instagram as well, too. Um, for my blogs, you can go to uh, Um That's where I have like all of my blogs for when it's coming to like the tech industry, uh, just helpful things to help you actually get into the industry. I have a lot of free resources on there, as well as my Twitter. And if you're interested in my um, Get Me In Tech program, you can go to getmeintech.com. So basically with um, the cybersecurity program, um, it's pretty much teaching you how to, um, well, it's teaching you the skills and everything you need to be, um, become an entry-level cybersecurity analyst, as well as we teach you how to interview. Um, you get a free resume out of it, and you also, um, you know, learn like the secrets of interviewing within the tech industry, as well as learn how to negotiate your salary. And um, right now it's at 197 um, until I finish my revamp. Um, my revamp should be done within the next three months. And that the revamp is going to be crazy. I actually hired a course hire to come in and do it. And she's really focusing on like the psychology of the learning of mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's so dope. Like she pretty much kind of came up with like a poor analysis of like, 
the audience towards like the people that um like that my content is really geared towards to so she pretty much have like a complete profile and we customize the content to where they would actually enjoy it because when it comes to like a lot of tech courses and stuff like that it's it's boring it's boring like, it's, it's so boring yeah. and so the way we're going to be doing this go around it's like we're really going to make it like you're going to have like gifts in there or gifs gifs i don't know how to pronounce it so yeah we're going to have like gifs the funny video it, it's really going to be like entertaining like it's and the reason why i kind of went that route of like really trying to make it entertaining because i'm trying to license out the high schools and stuff like that yeah so next time i'm on a podcast i'm probably going to be talking about me deal. licensing uh the course out to these schools and stuff oh, man, <laughs> man I know, and i know for a fact it's gonna happen because i've been seeing you working on it so i know you're gonna make it happen and uh diana what about you what you got before we wrap up yeah you can follow me on instagram at deanna kent twitter deanna s kent and make sure you guys follow me on youtube at lessons in life and luxury great and you can find me and follow me on instagram and twitter at xavier c miller and my uh own personal youtube channel at xavier miller and that's all we have for you guys this is another episode of me and our mindsets podcast see you guys next episode peace <laughs> Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna speak that sh** that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.